Welcome to The Cool Down Room with your host, Sky Upshaw, an F1 podcast where we talk all things former. So welcome, welcome. It is episode two of The Cool Down Room and I'm very excited to be back. It is cold today. I just had to start that off because I've got the heating on full. I'm actually in a blanket. Yep, it's that cold. I'm in my sister's studio, her music recording studio. It's very cool in here, but um, it is cold. So I've put the heating on and hopefully it'll warm up over the course of this podcast because I am freezing. I want to say now I sound weird today because I have been ill. This is like the third time in like a month, just over a month that I have been ill. It's like a cold style thing, nothing to worry about, but it's been rough and I'm still feeling it in my voice. So I don't sound like the usual sky at all. Um but just gotta roll with it. I couldn't not record this podcast just because of my voice. So yeah, we move. <laughs> anyway, so we're back for episode two of The Cool Down Room. And we have some very cool things to touch on today. Firstly, I wanted to take us back a little bit to the Brazilian Grand Prix. What a race that was. I absolutely loved it. It was so good. I wanted to look a little bit at the results because of course, right at the start of the race literally the race had not even started and Charles Leclerc is out so literally the lap before the race the formation lap where all the drivers go around they warm up their tires and then they drive into the correct like grid position and Charles Leclerc just comes off the track it was a problem with his hydraulics I'm sure we've all seen that video of him like running up the hill uh, trying to find like the way back to the, the paddock and all these photographers are like following him I saw a very funny tweet saying it looked like Charles Leclerc was on like National Geographic being filmed because he was some like near extinct animal. So of course by the end of the race we had had six DNFs so we were left with 14 drivers. Uh, Of course Charles Leclerc was at the beginning so it was five during the race which was just crazy. I haven't seen a race like that in a while. I was trying to think what was the last race that that happened. I remember Australia of this year being pretty crazy. Anyway, if we look at the podium spot, of course we have Max Verstappen in P1. I would not be surprised if he just ends up winning like the rest of the the races, you know, Las Vegas and the Abu Dhabi. But honestly, really good for him. He raced so well. I was just really impressed to see everyone fighting the way they were because it just felt like it was just amazing driving and amazing racing. I don't know about you guys, but I loved it. And then of course you had Fernando Alonso up on that P3 podium spot. I dare to say that that was probably one of his best races of his life. I loved watching it and I supported him so much, particularly in those final laps. That final lap was just incredible. Uh, It was the most entertaining lap of the whole race. Of course, Checo came in so close behind him. I think it was like 0.059 or something, which was just crazy. It was such good racing. Fernando did some serious defending. Like it felt like his car was like three times the width of an F1 car, like should be with his defending. It was so good and so good to watch. Of course, I wanted to talk a little bit about Aston Martin because Lance Stroll started the race P3. Uh, He ended the race P5. So uh, he did really well. He was well within the points and he had a good race. Um, I don't think the start went that great for him, but he did do well in the end. But of course, that's pointing in the direction of Aston Martin finally getting their car back on track. 
So I read that the reason that their car is now back to being closer to where it was at the beginning of the season was because they have basically taken away some of their upgrades that they bought throughout the year and the upgrades were doing the opposite of upgrading. It was literally downgrading the car. So they've taken those off, taken it back to like what the car was at the beginning of the year or closer to what it was and it seems to have worked. If this was them in Brazil, I wonder what they're going to be looking like in Las Vegas and also Abu Dhabi. I think it'd be quite exciting. It brings another team up into that top spot. Uh, we would have basically four teams fighting for podium places, which would be so cool. Like, wow. Red Bull, no doubt, will still win with Max Verstappen up top, but it's great racing and that's what we love. We love the racing. Seeing McLaren, seeing Mercedes, seeing Red Bull, seeing Ferrari, seeing Aston Martin. Oh my God, no, there's five of them. There's five. I've just miscounted. There would be five teams up top. That's half of them. That's insane. So there would be Red Bull, there would be Mercedes, Ferrari, McLaren, and Aston Martin potentially fighting for those top positions. Um, and it's so good to see. I love it. I literally love it. Mercedes did not have a good weekend. And of course, if it was the right track, their car is up there but the track just didn't suit the car and they had some issues because George had to retire. I think it had a lot to do with the tires. The tires just didn't work on the car. The mediums weren't really working, but then the softs weren't really working. The hards weren't really an option. Do I think they're gonna be doing well in the next race weekend, which is Las Vegas? No. I say that because there are a lot of like long straights in the Las Vegas circuit and that doesn't really suit the car because Mercedes race pace comes around the corners and less around the straights so I'm not sure they're going to have the same race pace that they have done uh, over some of the weekends but saying that I could be mistaken and you know it could go really well for them but yeah they just didn't have a good weekend um and yeah, of course, George DNF. Lewis came P8. So even Lewis, without DNFing, still only gained like three points uh, for the whole weekend. That's not great. You know, Mercedes have had some really amazing weekends and it just didn't go their way. Looking down the list even more, Daniel Ricciardo and Oscar Piastri. They ended up in P13 and P14. Of course, the first lap of the race was pretty crazy with various cars going into one another and Oscar Piastri and Daniel Ricciardo were some of the cars that were affected by that. Uh, other things happening, you know, cars going into them, tires flying at them and stuff. And that meant that they had to have some work done while the red flag uh, was out at the beginning of the race. And it just didn't do well for them because they had to have work done on their car, which meant they had to then start in the pit lane. It turns out in the end, McLaren did say that Oscar had some damage that they couldn't fix in on the car and he was racing with them and it just wasn't going his way the whole race weekend. The whole race just ended up not really going Oscar's way at all. He ended up last of the pack in P14. I say last of the pack P14. Uh, of course, not quite last of the pack, but last of the running pack. So yeah, all in all, honestly, the Brazilian Grand Prix was one to remember. I am probably going to be going back to it to watch it again uh, a few times in the future because it was just such a good watch so many things happened and you were just I was just cheering on for various people but I mean overall Logan Sargent finished p11 so he did well he was one place off of the points uh of course Alex DNF'd that started right at the beginning of the race Alex was out before it even started okay I think we can move on now I wanted to talk about the very exciting Grand Prix that we're going to be having, the Las Vegas Grand Prix. 
ah i'm so excited so i have done a lot of research and i'm excited to share it all with you um because i'm i'm very excited for this one i have to say las vegas it's very controversial to go to yet another american state and put an f1 grand prix on for the european viewers of f1 it seems like of course america are getting a lot of the kind of time in the the race calendar you know they've got three races through the whole season one in miami one in texas and then one in las vegas now um but i think las vegas kind of holds its own little little area uh miami texas really great races i i really enjoy those to be honest miami is a bit more of a show a bit more of a you know it's a bit of a central it's a bit of an event um texas is very much great track great environment it's the americas it's just america putting on an awesome race las vegas is like just literally just las vegas i'm sure a lot of you already knew this but i seem to have not and for those of you who didn't already know i'm going to educate you f1 has already been to las vegas and i didn't know okay i'm going to take you through all the deets back in the early 80s f1 traveled to las vegas and they did two races there over two seasons so it lasted two years 1981 until 1982 sounded like a great idea a lot of it was to do with money sponsors big event you know america las vegas it kind of all makes sense in your head like oh yeah like amazing sporting and it's full of money it's full of life and it's all it does is put on a show you know las vegas is a show and that's what the sport has to become when it goes there but this circuit that they created for the grand prix was probably one of the worst f1 tracks ever full stop like it was bad and i'm gonna take you through it a bit so it was a temporary street track uh, as a lot of them are of course this year is a temporary street track you can't use a fixed circuit it doesn't work in a city of course so it has to be a street circuit so it was a street circuit of 3.6 kilometers long i'm going to try and draw this picture in your head if you're listening it kind of went up and then down and then up again and then down again and then up again and then down again and then kind of connected at the bottom so it was almost like a like a small comb it was basically five hairpins and seven straights so the track literally just did not work so right now if you're able to go ahead and like get your phone or computer or whatever and look up the las vegas original circuit anyway the next big news was the track was built on the very large car park of the casino hotel caesar's palace so it was literally set on this massive car like this car park was like oversized i know the caesar's palace very very busy but this car park was huge they used this car park and just put the f1 track on it like that would make sense the only good thing with using the car park was that apparently it was very easy to resurface uh so it was very smooth which was a positive i guess so we actually held the end of season decider races for both seasons the 81 and 82 seasons the track also caused a lot of problems with both the cars and the drivers um it had plenty of heavy braking points and that was after very fast straights they were getting like fast straight really heavy braking point for like a hairpin fast straight hairpin fast straight hairpin it was tough and rough for both the drivers and the cars and they both saw the consequences of that in the cars it caused plenty of brake gearbox and engine related problems 
And for the drivers, it really tested their physical strength, uh, especially their neck muscles, of course. The F1 drivers back then didn't really train like the F1 drivers do now. And they now do a lot of neck training to strengthen up the neck from the heavy braking. Over the two Grand Prix there was held, there was 32 race retirements. That's pretty crazy. It's a very high number. <laughs> Another large factor for why this track wasn't great. The pit lane wasn't designed wide enough to fit all the cars. And not only that, but because it was in a car park, there were no garage facilities for the cars or the drivers. And of course, because it was in a car park, they'd built no garage facilities. So both the car and team ended up having to stay outside in the elements with the Nevada desert sun baking them alive. So overall, the Las Vegas Grand Prix didn't work. And I'm really hoping for the opposite for the brand new, you know, Grand Prix that we're going to have. But hopefully everyone have learned from its mistakes from the past. And I really am hoping for the best for the Las Vegas Grand Prix. It would bring something new and something exciting to F1. I don't know, it would just be cool. It's Las Vegas. I keep saying that, but it is Las Vegas. It would be awesome. It will be awesome. I'm excited. So let's move on to the modern day Las Vegas Grand Prix. I want to run you through some stuff that's been happening and some stuff to look out for as well. So starting off, the track is a little over six kilometers long. So it's a pretty long track and it's going to give us 50 laps for the Grand Prix. A very big thing with it being in Las Vegas is, of course, that over here in the UK and in Europe, it is going to be very early, early in the morning for us to watch the races and the sessions. And of course, complete opposite of that in Vegas, because it's that far away, it's going to be really late at night so late at night in fact that some of the sessions are being held at midnight over there and of course over here in uk that's going to be 8 a.m and in central eastern time that's going to be 9 a.m the grand prix race is also pretty early in the morning it's at 6 a.m here in the uk and 7 a.m central european time but i'm sure everyone will be getting up to watch it because it is very important and it's a big spectacle to see the only ones i might not be watching are free practice one and three as they are going to be held at half four in the morning here in the uk so i might have to miss out on those going to be watching the highlights but it will be interesting to see what happens over the course of the free practice of course the teams gather so much information during that time but it's also really important for the drivers the drivers have never driven the track in real life it's a street circuit it's temporary they can't just rock up to the track and drive it in any car so the only time they would have driven it is of course virtually so it is going to be so interesting to see what the drivers actually think of the track seeing everything in real life feeling the car in real life on the circuit it is newly laid tarmac so that should be quite nice for them of course it's a big thing building an f1 track in the middle of las vegas it's a big city full of different things various very cool things various cool things but that takes a lot of time, effort, and of course, money to do. So down the strip, which is like the main iconic part of Las Vegas, it's very, very special. A lot of work has been happening to make F1 happen there. A few things some of the Las Vegas locals have been complaining about, of course. There's a lot of traffic issues. They've been cutting down trees, emptying fountains, covering up views, turning things off, turning things on. There has been all sorts. They've been like relaying the whole of Las Vegas, which has been insane. Crazy that they're doing all of that for one sport spectacle just over a couple of days, but I'm not complaining over here. It doesn't affect me. 
but I can understand of course those people in Las Vegas it's gonna be hurting like maybe even businesses like small businesses might be affected but I assume that the trees they've cut down will be replanted and re-put on the strip because that's pretty iconic the fountains will be refilled the roads will be reopened and I think it will also bring a lot of attention and attraction back into Las Vegas because that is what it is at the end of the day it's a tourism spot it's full of life event and showmanship so it should bring all of that back into it I say back like it was never there I mean like more they'll get more from the F1 I think now Las Vegas isn't sold out yet there are still tickets going and that doesn't look good I thought Las Vegas was gonna be completely sold out they have actually got plenty of tickets going and I wonder if that's because of how um maybe slightly out of reach that the pricing is uh for the whole weekend it is pretty expensive the cheapest ticket you could buy I think was around ten thousand dollars so that wasn't looking particularly in reach for most people. I do know now that the prices have gone down slightly for various areas, but I know all of the tickets came with sort of packages. I think that was why they were so expensive. You know, they all came with kind of club access or various restaurant access, hotel access, viewing places. And there's lots going on. There's so many different packages that you can buy, like VIP packages. I was looking through some of the options, like, whoa, like people are actually gonna be buying this. There were some that were worth like hundreds of thousands of dollars to get like special rooms in hotels and special like tables at restaurants. Like it was crazy and also amazing to see. But yeah, I really look forward to seeing how the weekend rolls out. I wonder how many fans are gonna be there or how many like famous celebrity, like rich people are gonna be there. In comparison like you have got to have dollar to have gone there in the first place so it's not just going to be like your everyday f1 fan going one of the awesome things i found that you could access with a ticket is something called the shui bar okay it this is just awesome hear me out here mgm resorts which is a, a place in las vegas is going to be serving drinks in racing shoes at their shui bar so you can drink your cocktail out of a racing shoe. You can celebrate like Danny Rick. I think that just sounds awesome. Like what a cool idea. And you would only ever see that in Las Vegas. I can't wait to see all the videos of everyone doing like funny TikToks in there. You know, I'd love to see is actual Danny Rick going to the shoey bar and having a shoey in the bar. Like have a nice little, I don't know, some champagne or something in a shoe that would just be awesome i want to see that now it could be a massive viral tiktok petition to get that sorted out can i leave one of you guys with that thank you to put that idea forward big news as well some more big news i mean this weekend's just full of big news it's las vegas you can tell i'm excited for this guys could this race be the coldest ever f1 race question mark dot 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 answer very possibly so due to its late start time in not only the year but also the literal time of day las vegas can get pretty cold and the race could be held anywhere between 5 and 10 degrees celsius that's between like 40 and 50 degrees fahrenheit and of course that is cold particularly for an f1 race where they're normally being held in like 20 plus degrees temperature so apparently the fia didn't think about the weather when planning the Grand Prix and it only recently came up in conversation. I find that hard to believe. The weather is a big part of planning an F1 race. I mean, look at Qatar and how that went wrong. So maybe 
maybe they literally just did not think of that I didn't even know Las Vegas could get that cold I thought it was pretty hot but then again LA it's not always boiling hot like it can get cold so during the day it should still be passing like 20 degrees but during the evenings it can get really cold and of course some of the sessions are being held at midnight so it's going to be really really cold for the drivers the tires the cars the teams everything i think it's going to be pretty alien for everyone so i did some more research and apparently the coldest recorded f1 race ever was in montreal in 1978 and it got down to five degrees celsius so if it gets to like 4.9 degrees celsius we have the record for the coldest f1 race ever in las vegas who would have guessed it'd be in las vegas las vegas is going to bring some cool and weird things another race in america is going to mean that we will have new special liveries helmet designs racing suit designs and merch i love when a team or a driver comes out with their new special livery or helmet design and las vegas is definitely not going to disappoint ferrari have already released their brand new livery for the weekend they've gone red and white and that represents the classic ferrari f1 car which was historically red and white so hopefully it'll bring them a little bit of luck maybe no hydraulics problems uh, maybe a good strategy that would be great carlos and charles have also got new racing suits and new merch as well which is super exciting i hope that's all available online not only in person at las vegas we've also had a new max verstappen helmet so max has released his brand new las vegas helmet uh this helmet has some like neon yellow on it it's pretty neon i'll be honest it's kind of ripping off of lewis and lando so they might want to have a chat about that it also has some las vegas inspired graphics on the helmet and that includes playing cards, dice, and a roulette wheel as well, which is kind of cool. And something that you guys need to be looking out for over the Las Vegas weekend is that all of the red and white rumble strips have a little cute, quirky design on them. Very Vegas inspired. But they all have the playing cards suits on them. So you know, like the club, the spade, the heart, the diamond. They've got like a little black sprayed on symbols on each of the cups which is just adorable and it's so in keeping with the whole whole vegas theme i think we're going to be seeing more and more of those like little almost like easter eggs over the course of the build-up i'm hoping to see more that'll be exciting so thinking in my head who's going to be waving the checkered flag like it's bound to be someone really cool right we're in america anyway even if it wasn't vegas it's still america so the celebrities are always going to be pretty cool there's gonna be a lot of them i'm also just excited generally for the content we're going to be getting out this weekend from all the drivers and the teams all the drivers traveling around vegas is going to be awesome uh i look forward to seeing you know just what they're up to like before the race even after the race like are we gonna stay in vegas and just enjoy it what's a song that's like vegas there's a song literally called vegas by doja cat uh, and it was for the elvis live action film that's such a good film by the way i love that film so good if you haven't watched it elvis the film whoa the one that has austin butler in it oh my gosh it's so good anyway that song of course so good and that's gonna be used for a lot of like edits of the weekend for f1 on like tiktok and stuff i might even use that that's that's cool thank you for helping me with that one so of course once las vegas is over we have just one more one more f1 race of this year that is in abu dhabi as per usual very exciting but very sad to have the 2023 season coming to a close 
but lots can happen in those two races so i'm looking forward to seeing what's going to be happening we can also start thinking about firstly christmas because that's coming up and when you're in the last race of f1 you know that you're close to christmas and that's just exciting so merry christmas y'all but also we can just start thinking about the 2024 season like that is exciting it just always is everything in f1 is exciting but a new season with like new cars new drivers actually there isn't any new drivers is there but still it is just all exciting as of right now the driver lineups are exactly as they are as of right now that's including daniel ricardo in alpha tari it would just be great because there'll be new cars and we'll just go back to scratch you know everything goes to zero and we just start building up from there and i do look forward to more teams fighting with red bull as amazing as red bull are i would just love to see some more fighting some more people winning would be great they'll be brilliant um but max is one of a kind and he just has that way whether he's in red bull or not just class very very class driver so but i wonder what's going to be happening you know this time next year what are we going to be talking about what's going to be the big thing because i know for sure it's going to be entirely different to what it is right now like the standings could be completely different and we could have a different world champion it's looking unlikely but it's possible we could have a brand new world champion a world champion that there has never been like wouldn't it be awesome if one of the 2019 rookies like had a world championship by then but in the two races that we have between now and the end of the season the championship standings could change. Max Verstappen has secured this place at the top, but Sergio Perez, Lewis Hamilton, Fernando Alonso, London Norris, Carlos Sainz, Charles Leclerc, George Russell, etc., 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 their places are not secure. To be honest, looking at it right now, particularly not Sergio Perez's, like he is running in P2 in the championship right now uh, with 258 points, but Lewis is just. 32 points behind him as of right now it is looking good for Sergio but Lewis could catch up in that time and gain those 32 points that he needs Sergio might have a good day and get some great points or he could have a bad day he has had a few this year so that would be disappointing but you know good for Lewis because it means that the Mercedes is kind of finally back where we would all expect it to be or not definitely not back where we would expect it to be but much closer compared to the last couple years and it's surprising but Fernando Alonso is in P4 and what's surprising about that is not who it is but which team of course it's Aston Martin running fourth in the drivers championship which is just amazing if we look at overall constructors championships Aston Martin are running fifth um, just behind McLaren who are running 21 points ahead but Aston Martin definitely secured fifth place or higher because Alpine is the next line uh, sixth in championship and they are like well over 150 points behind. So that's really good for Aston Martin and exciting for 2024. And also McLaren are running fourth in the championship. If you look at the first couple races of the year, McLaren were literally like right at the bottom. I mean, DNFing right at the bottom now they're on the podium close to winning they haven't won yet Lando Norris has not won yet Oscar actually did win that sprint didn't he that was class Lando still needs that win McLaren still need that win but they are looking so strong and I'm just looking forward to seeing what's coming next year 
So I definitely think we have much to look forward to over the next two races. And then the course of finding out lots of things with testing in February. So I think I'm going to wrap this one up here. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Cooldown Room. Please go check out all of my social medias. Uh, they are at Sky Official. That's S-K-Y-E-O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L on pretty much every platform. That's TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. So thank you for spending your time with me and I shall speak to you very soon. Bye.